It is really, really good to be with you, Harbor Fam, and I hope you had a great Easter. I uh, wanted to thank you so much, all of you who are working so hard to welcome our guests last week. We had so many guests with us right from our neighborhood and from across the island, and so many of you were making food, you were working with babies or kids, you were helping out with the security team, on the greeting team, you were singing in the gospel choir, you were just working so hard to help our guests feel welcome. And I heard so many great comments about how welcomed, warmly welcomed people felt uh, as they came here last week. So thank you. Big mahalos for those of you who worked so hard. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you're not too tired from that because uh, I've been talking to a lot of people lately and uh, it seems like every conversation I have when I ask somebody how they're doing, they're like, tired. Every single person, tired. Man, we're just some weary and worn out people right now. I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe it's because like during COVID, everything got postponed and delayed, and so now it's all hitting your calendar right now, you know, like all those meetings and gatherings and competitions and all that that got postponed. Suddenly, it's happening right now, and so your schedule is just slammed. Maybe that's it. Or maybe you're just slammed at work. You got projects. You got deadlines. You can't ever seem like you catch up with any of that. Maybe you're working multiple jobs, multiple side hustles, just trying to survive on this rock. You're tired living paycheck to paycheck. That's what's wearing you out. Maybe you're a parent. Enough said right there. We don't even need to go any further. You're just tired all the time. You're tired and worn out. You're weary and heavy laden. And guess what? That's exactly where Jesus wants you. That's where, it, that's where he wants you. He said in Matthew 11, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus expects us to be weary and heavy laden when we come to him because he knows that we've got this tendency to lean way into life and put too much on our plate and then get all stressed out when we can't deal with it all. But that's the point that drives us to go to Jesus. Being weary and heavy laden, it's kind of a prerequisite to come to Jesus. You gotta be tired and worn out. You gotta be helpless and hopeless because that's the point when you finally go to Jesus and find rest. I know you've tried to find rest in a lot of different places. You've tried to find rest in me time. You know, you're scrolling YouTube videos all day. You're binging Netflix all night. Did that really give you rest? Man, that is exhausting. Spending that much time on a screen, that's so tiring. Maybe you've tried to find rest in vacations, getting all your kids on a plane and lugging them across the mainland. Was that really restful for you? Man, vacations are more exhausting than real life. Guess what? Jesus is offering a completely different kind of rest. He's offering a rest that's, that's so amazing because you can experience it even when you're dead tired. And you still got to keep going in life. He's offering this amazing kind of rest that you can experience no matter what kind of stressful situation you're in the middle of in life. And here's the, um, the most amazing thing. It's that Isaiah foretold how Jesus was going to give us this rest 700 years before Jesus even showed up. So if you got your Bible, open to Isaiah chapter 50. If you don't have a Bible, there's hardback Bibles somewhere around you. Grab one of those. Head to Isaiah chapter 50. Because over the last month, we've been looking at a few different passages in Isaiah that talk about Jesus. 
And uh, Isaiah, he's writing to the Jews who are exiled in Babylon at this point. And so he's writing to a group of people who are experiencing a really tough life. It is hard. It's uncomfortable. These folks are strangers in a strange land. They're working hard. They're, they're not quite slaves, but they're not not slaves. They're just tired and weary and heavy laden. And Isaiah wants to tell them about this Messiah who's going to come and give them rest once and for all. That's what we're going to see today. So let's pray, then we'll dig into Isaiah 50. Father, thank you so much for the promise of rest. We're a bunch of tired, weary, heavy laden people who just feel like we got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep going and never seem to find rest. I pray this morning that we would find deep, deep rest in Jesus. So that no matter what we're experiencing in life, trials, difficulties, depression, anxiety, stress at work, at home, in a classroom, in our neighborhood, help us to experience rest through Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen. So we're looking at Isaiah 50, and what's really striking to me about this passage is that it's in the first person, and it's talking really clearly about Jesus. So apparently, the pre-incarnate Jesus inspired Isaiah to write these words and speak his words as if they were his own 700 years before Jesus was even born. So we're hearing from Jesus here. Look at what Jesus says in Isaiah 50. We're going to start in verse 4. Isaiah 54 says this, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are instructed to know how to sustain the weary with a word. How to sustain the weary with a word. In other words, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Jesus is looking for weary people. He's looking for weary people. And I know that's not how we usually want to come to Jesus. We want to come to Jesus strong, self-sufficient. That's how we want to come to Jesus. We want to clean ourselves up and be presentable to come to Jesus. But here's the thing. When you read the Gospels, there's a funny thing you notice. The strong people in the Gospels keep finding themselves kind of edging away from Jesus. It keeps happening over and over again. The self-sufficient people, they never really feel the need to go to Jesus. They keep finding reasons not to want to be around Jesus. Strong people aren't drawn to Jesus. And the flip side is also kind of true. Jesus isn't really drawn to strong people. I mean, he's drawn to bruised reeds and smoldering wicks like we saw a couple weeks ago in Isaiah 42. He is drawn to weak, tired, weary people and he wants to come and give you rest so that he can give you his strength to survive and thrive in life. To stop relying on your own strength that always fades and rely on his strength that never fades. So there's two questions I really want to explore this morning. How does Jesus give us that kind of rest? And then how can we give that rest to other people? I mean, we want Harbor to be a place of refuge, redemption, and resurgence. That's our mission. We got it in neon, in the lobby. Refuge, redemption, resurgence. So the question is, how can Jesus provide refuge and redemption to us 
And then how can he send us out in resurgence to provide refuge and redemption to the people around us? That's what we're going to be asking today. So how's that going to happen? Look at verse 4 again, and we'll see. Verse 4, Jesus says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are instructed to know how to sustain the weary with a word. With a word. So here's number one. Jesus gives rest through his word. He gives rest through his life-giving words. The things that he says, and you can see him doing that all through the Gospels. All kinds of people. He gave rest and life just through his words. Like, think about his encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. Here's this woman who's there at the well just looking for water, physical water. But look at what Jesus says to her. John 4, he says, everyone who drinks from this water at this well, you'll just get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Jesus is going, hey, I know everybody's looking for some kind of water. Some kind of water. This woman, she wasn't just looking for physical water. She was also looking for acceptance and love. We know that because a few verses later, Jesus said, I, I know that you've had five husbands, and the man you're with now isn't your husband. You're going from man to man looking for something, looking for love, looking for acceptance, whatever it is. But you're looking for water in the wrong place. That's what Jesus says to all of us. He knows we've got souls that have been drained dry by, by hurtful people, by painful situations, by, by the pressure that we put on ourselves to perform. Jesus is going, hey, I know you're thirsty. I know that. So where are you drinking from? Which water are you looking for? Are you trying to find security? through unhealthy relationships? You're trying to find contentment by just buying more stuff? Are you trying to find self-worth by constantly trying to top your last achievement? Man, you're just going to be thirsty at the end of the day. You're just going to be thirsty. And Jesus wants to quench your thirst for good. He wants to give you rest. Family, this is different from Zen, okay? And let's be clear about that. This is not just learning to live more simple, learning to live without things. This isn't that. This is different from being stoic and learning just how to be okay no matter what life throws at you. This is not that. We all had to learn that a couple of years ago, right, during the pandemic. Didn't matter how much you wanted to go ride the Shinkansen across Japan, it wasn't going to happen, right? It just wasn't going to happen. Didn't matter how much you wanted to buy a new Tacoma, it wasn't going to happen, not unless you wanted to get on a waiting list for like nine months. We all just had to learn to be happy with what we have. Like we tell our kids, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. We say that all the time. And finally, a couple of years ago, we had to learn it for ourselves. We just had to learn to be okay with life. Guess what? This isn't that. That's not what Jesus is offering here. He's offering a well of water springing up in you to eternal life. He's offering true rest, life to the full that starts right now. That's what Jesus offered the lepers and the blind. 
That's what he offered the demon-possessed and the paralytics. That's what he offered the tax collectors and the prostitutes. That's what he offered the thief on the cross. All of these people who were weary, broken, beat down, just dealing with sickness and sadness and emptiness and despair. Jesus gave them a word, and that gave them rest. So how was he able to do that? How did he pull that off? Maybe you're like, well, I don't know, maybe because he's God? Maybe that's how he did it. Yeah, okay, Jesus is fully God, but at the same time, he's also fully man. Fully man. And when he was here on earth, he was operating primarily out of his humanity. You can see that right here in Isaiah 50. Keep going in the end of verse 4. Jesus is speaking about his father, and he says this, My father awakens me each morning. He awakens my ear to listen like those being instructed. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I did not turn back. Okay, Jesus, he had words of life to give every day because he was drinking in God's word every day. He said it. He awakens me each morning. He awakens my ear to listen like those being instructed. Yeah, if you read the Gospels, you always see Jesus sneaking away from everybody else. Sneaking away to go pray and meditate and be instructed by God's word. And then you see Jesus quoting scripture all the time. All the time. When he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, he quoted scripture in response. When he was arguing with the Pharisees or, or the scribes or the priests, he was quoting scripture. When he was trying to explain himself and who he was to his disciples, he was always quoting scripture. He was always going, as the scriptures say. He was always saying that. So, if you want to find rest, that's where you go. That's where you go. You go to God's word. You've you got to be marinating in God's word, just like Jesus was all the time. You've got to go wide in God's word, and you've got to go deep in God's word. Last year, in our devotional plan, we went wide in God's Word. We went through the entire Bible in a year. That was fantastic. This year, we're going deep in God's Word, in our devotional plan. We're just focusing on a couple verses every day, just marinating on those verses and seeing how God wants to use them in our lives. I'm trying to marinate in that truth all day long. And it's not too late to join us. We've still got books in the lobby. The book is called God's Wisdom for Everyday Life. That's the resource we're using. Join us, man. And, and let me challenge you. Don't just rush through it in five minutes. Like, I'll, I'll bet you you could finish each one in three minutes. Don't do that. Resist that temptation. Take some time to read the verses that are there every day. And then reread them. And just meditate on them. Pray over them. And then read the devotional that goes along with them. Think about how you can apply them. And then go a step further and try and memorize them. See if you can memorize one of those verses every day. And then see if you can bless somebody else through one of those verses every day. See if you can do that. Because you've got to ask yourself, am I giving rest to others through God's Word? Am I giving rest to others through God's Word? Because there's weary and, and heavy-laden people all around you. So how much do they seek you out? How much do weary people seek you out? Do your family members and friends let you know when they're struggling? 
Or do they feel like they got to walk on eggshells around you? Do they feel like they got to put a show on around you? If they let you know how weary they are, are they going to find kindness and compassion? Or are they going to find sarcasm and judgment? Are they going to receive a superficial pep talk because you just want to get them out of your hair? Hey, you just got to stay positive, man. You got this. You, you got this. Man, if that's the kind of water you're giving them, they're just going to be thirsty 20 minutes later. That doesn't last. The only living water is the Word of God, and that's what's going to permanently quench their thirst. It's only God's Word that will finally give them rest. David says it really well in Psalm 19. He says the Word of God is light to the eyes. I love that image. Light to the eyes. In those days, they had a figure of speech. They, they would say, you have light in your eyes when you're alive. This is a figure of speech for being alive. And some of you who are first responders, you've experienced going to a house, going to a, a scene of an accident, and seeing someone's eyes that are dark. The, the light has drained out of their eyes because there's no more life in them. Light in the eyes means being alive, and, and it's only God's Word that brings that kind of light, that kind of life, that kind of rest. Like, I remember a while ago, when my grandpa uh, had a heart attack, and so I went to visit him in the hospital. Just before I arrived, he had another heart attack. And then just after I arrived, as I'm sitting there next to him, he had a stroke. Uh, we didn't know how much longer he had. And so I was just there by his bed the whole day, and uh, he slowly started to recover and couldn't talk much, couldn't respond much at all. But, but I asked him if there was anything that I could just read to him. Guess what? He didn't ask me to go and find his bank statements to read to him. That's not what he wanted. He didn't want me to read his stock portfolio to him. He wanted me to get a Bible and read to him from the Bible. He had a couple psalms in mind. He wanted me to read Romans to him. And even through the pain, I could see his eyes sparkling as he just drank in God's word, as he marinated in God's word. Man, that's the kind of life and rest and light to the eyes that the Word of God brings. That's what Jesus wants to give you. That's what he wants to use you to give the people around you. Let's keep going in verse 6. Verse 6, Jesus says, I gave my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from scorn and spitting. The Lord God will help me. Therefore, I have not been humiliated. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. The one who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us confront each other. Who has a case against me? Let him come near me. In truth, the Lord God will help me. Who will condemn me? Indeed, all of them will wear out like a garment. A moth will devour them. So this right here, this is what we celebrated last week, Good Friday and Easter. The fact that Jesus willingly went to the cross. He knew he was being unjustly accused. He knew he was being falsely uh, executed. But he willingly suffered for sinners like us. And here's another big way that he gives us rest. Number two, through his sacrifice. We receive rest through the sacrifice of Jesus. We heard it in Isaiah 53 a few weeks ago. 
We heard how he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace. For our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. His sacrifice gives us peace and healing and rest, and that's why he joyfully and willingly made that sacrifice. He could have called down 10,000 angels to come and deliver him. He could have done that. He could have called down a tornado to come and wipe out, take out the Roman soldiers. Right? He can still a storm with his word. He definitely could have raised up a storm with the word if he wanted to. He didn't. He could have crushed his enemies, vindicated himself. Instead, he says, I gave my back to those who beat me. That's what he says here. I gave my cheeks to those who tore out my beard. Why? Because the one who vindicates me is near. He didn't feel a need to vindicate himself, to defend himself. He knew he was vindicated by his father. He knew that deep down. And so that gave him the strength and boldness and courage to suffer for us. Like it says here in verse 7, he says, I have set my face like flint. Flint is one of the hardest rocks you can find. He says, that's what describes me. Because, yeah, Jesus is soft and warm and compassionate, and at the same time, he is hard. He is tough. He is determined. Determined to go and sacrifice for you so that you can have rest. And so the question we got to ask ourselves is, am I giving rest to others through my sacrifice the same way Jesus did for me? Am I giving rest through my sacrifice to others? Husbands, we're called to love our wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Gave himself up for her. We're called to die to ourselves just like Jesus died to himself. We're called to die to our own needs and preferences and desires. Yeah, I know that for a lot of guys, it feels like manliness is barking at your wife and your kids. But true manliness True manliness is setting your face like flint and sacrificing for your wife and kids. Just like Jesus did for us. Bosses, set your face like flint and sacrifice for your employees. Employees, set your face like flint and sacrifice for your coworkers. That's how we give them rest. Just like Jesus gave to us. That's how we give them rest. Look at what he says in verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord and listens to his servant? Who among you walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord. Let him lean on his God. If you feel like you're in the darkness with no light, if you feel just tired and weary and confused in the chaos of life, lean on God. Lean on the word of God. Lean on the sacrifice of Jesus. That's the hope that we've got. But on the flip side of that, there's a warning for the people who don't do that. Verse 11, look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with torches, walk in the light of your fire. And, and of the torches you have lit, this is what you'll get from my hand. You will lie down in a place of torment. Torment. What's Jesus talking about here? Self-sufficiency. That's what this is, walking in the light of your own fire your own torch. 
finding your own way, creating your own light. And I know that's what our culture says we should be doing all the time, right? Just follow your dreams. Just look inside yourself. You'll find the way. Well, the Bible says this is the worst place to look. By far the worst. We saw that in our devotional in Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. Looking inside myself, that doesn't lead to life and rest. That leads to death and judgment. That's what that leads to. That is really, really sobering. But at the same time, it's also promising. Promising for people who've suffered because of others who went their own way. Because if Jesus carries out justice, like he's talking about here, that means we don't need to get all worked up trying to carry out justice on our own. And family, that is really, really restful. So that's the third way that Jesus gives us rest, through his justice. Through his justice, which means you don't need to get upset when you experience injustice. Yeah, pursue whatever legal means you need to. Go to HR if you need to, but you don't need to get bent out of shape when you experience injustice. You don't need to get payback is what this is saying. I know we all love to get payback. We all want to get even. Even the sweetest, nicest people among us want that. Like, before we planted Harbor Church, I was working at a church in Kailua, and we had just the nicest, sweetest old auntie who was our church secretary. Like, if I asked you to close your eyes and imagine a church secretary, and then I showed you a picture of her, you'd be like, yep, that's exactly who I was thinking of. That's her right there. Just the sweetest, nicest old auntie. At this church, we also had a huge avocado tree. Just produced incredibly big butter avocados. Huge, monster avocados. And all of Kailua would come and just pick a few whenever they felt like it. Just come and, like, fill up a shirt with them, fill up a grocery sack with them. We'd even leave out an avocado picker. It was great. Everybody was super respectful. But one afternoon... I was sitting in my office, and the church secretary comes in the door, and she's like, Matt, there's a guy out there with a big rubbish bin, and he's filling the whole thing full of our avocados. What are we going to do? I'm like, it's okay. I'll, I'll go talk to him. She's like, no. You're going to be nice to him. I know. I'm like, what? She pulls out a letter opener. You know, letter, like the knife you use to, to open letters. She's like, I'm going to go slash his tires. <laughs> he has to learn a lesson. This is the only way. He'll come back and he'll keep taking from us. I'm going to slash his tires. I'm like, Auntie, what, what are you thinking? No, 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 you can't do that. This is the only way. She was so steamed. It took me 10 minutes to talk her down. Put down the letter opener, Auntie. <laughs> Just put down the letter opener. Finally, she did. Finally, she did. But starting that day, I locked my office door, man. <laughs> Woo. Who knows? If I don't turn in my expense report, who knows how she's going to teach me a lesson, you know? You just don't know. We all want payback. We all want to get even. We all do, right? Think about yourself. You've never slashed somebody's tires. Probably. Most of you haven't. 
but you've probably got this deep down desire to make people pay, or at least to let them know what they did to you, right? Your roommate eats your whole bag of chips. It was clearly marked with your name on that bag. He eats the whole thing. What are you going to do? You're going to eat his whole carton of ice cream, right? And then put the empty carton back in the freezer just to make a point. That's what you're going to do. Your husband forgets to take out the trash for the 20th time. What are you going to do? Maybe forget to do his laundry for the next 20 years? Maybe that's what you're going to do. We all want to get even. We want to let people know what they've done to us. We've got to teach them a lesson. But man, do you know how much work it is to keep track of what everybody's done to you? Man, that's exhausting. Keeping a spreadsheet in your mind of the payback that you owe to all those different people, that is so tiring. There is so much rest when you just let God worry about the payback. Just let God worry about the payback. And even more than that, when you don't need to worry about pursuing justice for yourself, that frees you up to pursue justice on behalf of others. We've got to ask ourselves this. Am I giving rest to others by pursuing justice? Am I giving rest to others by pursuing justice? Because there are weary and worn-out victims in your workplace, in your neighborhood, on the streets. And you can provide refuge and redemption to others by pursuing justice where you can on their behalf and then resting in the fact that Jesus will carry out justice when you can't. So, are you resting in his justice? Are you resting in his sacrifice? Are you resting in his words? And are you passing that rest along to the people around you? Let's pray together. Father, this is such good news for weary, worn out, beat down, broken down people like us. We need your rest. We've been spinning our wheels trying to keep up in this world, trying to prove ourselves to this world, trying to prove ourselves to you. And so I thank you. I praise you for sending your son Jesus to do all the things that we try to do and end up doing so much worse than you do. Thank you for Jesus, for his perfect life, his brutal death, his glorious resurrection and his loving reign over us right now. Thank you for the rest that we have in him through his word, through his sacrifice, through his justice. Help us to rest this week because of all we have in Jesus. And then, Lord, help us to pass that rest along to the people around us. There are weary, worn out, beat down, broken down people all around us desperate for rest, desperate for refreshment, desperate for the life and light in the eyes that only Jesus can give. Help us extend his rest to them. It's in his name we pray. Amen.